0: Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroff, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at microsoft.com Teams. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely
1: clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. Today, I'm in Sarasota, Florida, and I'm happy to be back at the Moat Marine Laboratory and Aquarium. You listeners may know one of the very first podcast episodes was Kim Hall way back when should go back and listen to that as one of my favorites. So I got a hold of the Moat Aquarium, and I'm here talking with Dr. Tracy Finara, who's joining me. And this is so exciting because I reached out. I had no idea. I kind of stay away from the news. I try to stay away from screens in general. If I can, I've been trying to cut them out of my life and I didn't know about this national news with this red tide coming in. And I just reached out to Moat and they just assumed I was, I was calling to talk about that. And, uh, and I just serendipitously happened to be here and you, the listener, will get to hear all about this stuff making national news coverage and of course on the show we'll get to get a little more in depth than uh, than just the little 30 second highlight you hear on on most of the news organizations but uh, uh for now Tracy thanks for joining me
0: Thanks for having me
1: And can you tell us can you tell me and and the listeners a little bit about your role here and what you do and and uh, maybe a bit of your background as well because I saw uh within there something I wanted to ask you about your background includes storm chasing at some point. Yes. That's exciting, and I want to hear about that, too. So so introduce yourself.
0: So I am a scientist and environmental engineer. I got my BS, ME, and PhD from the University of Florida uh, in environmental engineering doing hydrological restoration, which is stormwater treatment and design, basically promoting infiltration, recharge of groundwater table, uh, biological, chemical, and physical degradation of pollutants uh, prior to going to a natural water body. Like traditionally, uh, systems have been developed to prevent from flooding, so a lot of Uh, Directly connected impervious surfaces, which means that, um, you know, rain falls, it goes from your roof to your driveway into a gutter and then into Mm -hmm. a pipe system, and there's no chance for treatment whatsoever. It runs off super fast. Um, so you get that high peak you get have right. erosion.
1: I, uh, I, I lived on uh, on the Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu for uh, for a couple of years and I loved going in the ocean and they'd always warn you kind of to stay away from going into the ocean right after a rainfall.
0: Right. So if you're really close to the water like that, you have very little choice unless they implement low impact development. Um, So like for that, it would be more like a stormwater vault or some kind of infiltration trench or something like that. So basically my role was to take um, Alachua County and, and model and retrofit what could be to try to get that hydrology, uh, surface and, and sur- surficial. So everything underneath the ground, um, to where it was pre-development. So basically the, the ground and the hydrology would be as if no one built there. Um, and I was actually able to do it up to 90%, uh, in the biggest, uh, Uh, parameter that was important was disconnection, just disconnecting from those impervious surfaces um, to something like a, a swale, rain garden, grass in general. So um, through that, for my master's, I, I was a storm chaser. But it's not the kind of storm chaser that it's not as cool. I didn't look for tornadoes. I mean, I would be pretty bored if I was looking for tornadoes in Florida.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't look for tornadoes. Well, I'm out of here then. I just yeah. to- I just wanted to hear I about know, tornadoes. I
0: know, I know. It was hurricanes, though. <laughs> St- tropical storms. All
1: right, all right. Went, I'm back on board. Went for
0: those, yep. Because okay. I wanted to see um, how well a certain uh, filter media removed fossilized. Uh, phosphorus
1: what, what's that a filter media
0: yeah so like uh so what this was was concrete uh that was treated with aluminum oxide but filter media can be a number of things like i have some in my office right now that's recycled rubber that they treated with with different um different polar uh, chemicals to try to you know grab those polar compounds from stormwater and remove them from from your surface water, uh, making the water more clean on its way downstream.
1: Hmm. So this must be. I mean, what a what a terrific field uh, to be a part of right now, because this is uh, humanity is is becoming a bit more aware of of some of the issues and some of the costs uh, done by. The increase in modern civilization and different yeah. technologies and different agricultural practices. And, and, uh, this is, I, I, am uh, I'm from a, a kind of a smallish town outside of a little city in, uh, named La Crosse, Wisconsin. And, and my, my parents are from, my, my dad is from, uh, New Albany iowa which is a town of like 300 people or something like that i don't know but i think it was maybe a little bigger when he was growing up but he he'd always drive me by like oh here's where the old dump was everyone <laughs> would just go and dump all of their stuff and they have all this wonderful you know it's by the mississippi and all this swamp land and oh, they wow. were just completely yeah, oblivious to the it's... and that's the way it was for a very long time and and now we're starting to learn a little better
0: Yes, we are. But we're also growing. Uh, Urbanization is growing. Population is growing. So there's this constant struggle between environment and economics. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that we're dealing with here in Florida. I mean, we get so much rainfall uh, in Florida, but, but at the same time, we're running out of drinking water in a lot of places because of how we're handling our water um and then you know of course we're getting things like algae blooms like cy- freshwater cyanobacteria blooms that are a direct response of the ecosystem to high amounts of of uh nutrients in the runoff it could be from biogenic material but it's also from from fertilizer and from changing uh the the water cycle and the hydro hydrologic fraction from groundwater to hi- surface water hi-
1: what's that word hydro um
0: it just means uh, it sounded part, real yes. fancy.
1: So you didn't think I was gonna ask for more details, did you? So, I was just gonna let that one float right by.
0: Yeah. Okay. So water, the same <laughs> amount that was here. Wait, what is stop <laughs> water? <laughs> Hydrogen and no, okay. um. The same amount that that is here today was here a million years ago. You know, it's a you might have drank the same drop of water that that George Washington did. Gross. Yeah. So so when I tell kids, I'm like, isn't that cool? And they're like, "Ew." I'm like, well, that's the way the world works um but
1: yeah, hopefully i mean you could have drank the hitler water too though right i don't tend to they
0: tend to find me anyway so <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> maybe
1: not the best not, i already enough. have red
0: tide to deal know, with I have, <laughs> like, well i mean it was just
1: like <laughs> such a weird as as, as as stephanie the communications director's like panicking over you guys gotta there, see how
0: like, red his face is right now so. I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I did. I wanted to see the look on your face when I said that, and now the look on my face is much...
0: Way better, was, way better. I think you win this one. I, was, I,
1: was, I mean, it's just like, that's such, a, that's such a little kid thing to do, right, like, the, right. of this very... Uh, but there's all, like, I don't know, whatever. It's like all sorts of bacterias run through the water and everything right, right, else. Right. I don't know. I just, th- I like your silly George Washington <laughs> <laughs> reference. <laughs> okay, my so, face hasn't been this red in a long time i really gotta <laughs> no, I feel stop pretty that. special I, right I, I
0: really gotta stop <laughs>
1: dropping those those bombs on the, on the air anyway we're having okay, so anyway how much fun are we having right so much fun yeah, totally, totally. Okay. this
0: is a nice break honestly from from the other interviews that we've done <laughs> Because we usually don't laugh when we're talking about <laughs> work. Um, but okay, so for hydro hydrologic fraction. Right. So so the amount of water that used to be in our groundwater in the surfacial aquifer in the in the in the deep aquifer it, it, was substantially larger than that that runs off the surface but because of all of our building that we've done we've changed that fraction of water so we have more water running off the surface because it can't infiltrate into the ground because of our you know building pipe systems and everything like that so Mm -hmm. so we changed the the water cycle so much um and so trying to fight with it to you know restore what was um to to kind of uh sustain the environment as we know it. I mean, it's really the only, the only thing that we can do. Is we saw, you know, we were in a state of emergency because of two algae blooms. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about um, red tide. But first, you know, because we are talking about stormwater and freshwater cyanobacteria blooms are direct response of that that fertilizer runoff that that change and shift in the hydrology um we get these blue green algae and you might have seen mm-hmm. it It looked like cello man
1: i didn't i i just went down yesterday to the keys hoping i'd sneak a peek i didn't see any anywhere no maybe, maybe uh, you'll you'll have to point me in the right direction or something I'll so yeah i my way out of town
0: apparently three weeks ago it was like it was thick mm-hmm. um i went over to the caloosahatchee on on saturday um, and I went into the little canalways, broke into someone's backyard and I was giving a piece to camera cause we were making a video and I was talking about how people like it, this isn't just one. It's not just agriculture. It's not, it's not commercial. It's each and every one of us. Yeah. Um, every time we put fertilizer on our lawn during a rainy season, people downstream are affected. You know, you might want your green lawn, but but why, for what? Right.
1: Uh, yeah, people stupid green. I know, lawns. and the thing is, I mean, it, I don't. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things and problems to prioritize yeah. in life, and, and you know, whatever you got to pick your battles, I guess. Yep. But like, it, a, like who cares about a green lawn? I've, I just never understood that.
0: It's the number <laughs> one crop in America, and yeah. it produces nothing.
1: Yeah. Right. It, I mean I'm just, not
0: you know hating on our what uh, yeah, our I traditional mean, values right, at all but right.
1: it's just the tradition At
0: the same time I well, see what these people downstream are dealing with now
1: I mean it doesn't take much. Uh, this is this is uh we uh, we love talking about the ecosystem on the show and this is going to be such a great episode but I you know I I watch uh, uh fortunately um you know even animal documentaries and things like planet earth and whatnot are 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 working toward educating people and i was watching uh there's the new planet earth 2 came out recently and there was a there was a sea episode uh where there was it was uh the the underwater like kelp or something like that 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 basically like makes a ocean forest right. essentially and then um and then it and then it's just full of rich life and there's fish swimming around and just all sorts of life is nourished by this kelp. And then there's sea urchins in there that eat the kelp, and and there's turtles that eat the sea urchins, and there's this delicate little balance and blah, blah, blah. And then people were hunting turtles for some amount of time, and the sea urchin population got out of control, ate all the kelp, and then this became uh, ocean desert, where Meaning there's like kind of no life, no plant life happening there or very little of it. And now it's no longer this flourishing ecosystem. And then, you know, they, they design a few laws and regulations, which people sometimes don't like to hear about. These are sometimes inconvenient and, uh, and. You know, no one likes being told what to do and, you know, right. too much government oversight or whatever, but they, you know, they implement some regulations. This, the turtle population comes back, starts eating some of the urchins, the kelp or whatever. It, it probably wasn't kelp. I'm embarrassing myself right now, but my face isn't red right now. So right. I'm doing fine enough. Um, and, and, uh, And, and then this, this flourishing life, uh, comes back. And, and this is, this, this is good for everybody. More, more life is, is in general, uh, good for anybody, this flourishing ecosystem. And this is, I mean, it's one thing to be like, let's, if we get rid of these, these regulations, look, the, Look at how good the turtle hunting business is doing, (laughs) man! It's doing terrific right now, and they'll point at that as as some statistic of economic growth rather than seeing the bigger picture. And so this is some people call that optimism, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so this is uh, this is one of these things that you know. Again, I think this is very very new to humans. Yes, trying to really understand these the small little because most yeah. people wouldn't even know like turtle hunting was a thing and, let alone that it made an impact
0: right and the amazing thing about Florida is that economics and health of the environment are directly connected so there is no division between pol- politics there's nothing mm-hmm. because everybody benefits when the environment is in good shape right so that's why these these massive algae blooms are such a big deal yeah. and the thing is with these, This specific situation in the Clusahatchee River, where I was on Saturday, Um, have you heard about?
1: No, I really, really want to get way into all the algae bloom stuff and all. So, if if you can please get into more and more detail, it would be terrific.
0: Yeah. So right now, I I really want to separate the two: uh, freshwater cyanobacteria and marine red tide. And right now, we're just focused on on freshwater cyanobacteria, and we'll get to red tide. Okay. Um. So down here, we have this big lake in the middle of of Florida. It's called Lake Okeechobee. And you've probably heard of that. That's been that's been kind of the center of all this controversy and why this is making national news because why would somebody just cover an environmental issue? It needs to have some kind of controversy right. attached to it. So this is where this all comes from. That's so-
1: why you and I are going to have to fight before the end of the, right. of the podcast. We need, uh, we need people we're watching us. A, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we need some clickbait. <laughs> uh, yeah. a researcher punches podcast hosts <laughs> in the face. Yeah, you should have
0: seen some of the headlines. This, yeah, it's been it's been fun um but so, well whatever
1: it takes yeah, to get i whatever mean it takes,
0: right um so and it's funny because people can quote me the exact same way and right. put a different headline on it and all of a sudden people think that i'm saying something different it's it's amazing That's what i like about media, this
1: podcast this right. is going out just how the conversation right, happened right.
0: um so historically in florida before before people got here you know the f- water used to run from lake Okeechobee down to the florida everglades and out so when settlers started coming here, they they put a big a big dam in um, because they wanted to start living on the land and, and farming and building. So they basically what what people commonly refer to as drain the swamp. but technically that's what they did. They held back the water uh, moving south so that people can start farming and building houses. So as time moves on, um, I think it was 1928 that the dam broke. And thousands of people died. Hmm. And so from that point on, the federal government got involved. The Army Corps of Engineers, their job was to prevent from flooding um, in these areas. So what they did was they created a system that back-pumped water into Lake Okeechobee. When Lake Okeechobee gets to a certain level, it releases water to the west and to the east in the St. Lucie River and the Clousahatchee River. Now, this is during time, responding to times of, of heavy rainfall. Okay, so this happens every so often, and it just happened right before the freshwater cyanobacteria bloom. So when that happens, um, and their engineers, they did their job as engineers, they were supposed to prevent from flooding. Now, this is what happens when scientists and engineers don't really work together because that quality of water wasn't um that water wasn't given the detention time needed for biological chemical and physical degradation of pollutants and is released to st Lucie and caloosahatchee without without treatment Mm -hmm. in addition to the flows that are coming from from the caloosahatchee and and other watersheds from that the rainfall events that are occurring there too so you're getting these overflows along with increased surface water runoff from these watersheds so you're getting an influx of nutrients causing these algae blooms so that's where um that controversy comes from a lot of people are are pointing the finger at certain industries sugar is the main one and um that people are pointing to which is interesting um and the reason why I think is because years ago they promised to sell back a certain amount of land to the state of Florida uh, so that they can use that for Everglades restoration well they they took back their deal and only gave a very small percentage of what they said that they would and i think that that's why people are really targeting them mm-hmm. because they want to restore the everglades to have that water come south again and right now that sugar industry is in the way mm-hmm. of doing that the problem with restoring the everglades in that way is that we've we've changed not only the the water volume but also the water quality so if we have this high amount of phosphorus Coming down into the Everglades, the Everglade ecosystem will change. The cattails will start out competing periphyton, which is the base of the ecosystem, what makes the soil. And there's a lot of cyanobacteria in there, too. And that's another thing I should probably say cyanobacteria, umbrella term, so many species, some essential for life, and then others, you know, when, when there's too much of a good thing, it becomes problematic. Like I don't know
1: what cyanobacteria is. Okay.
0: So it is, we get 70%. Of our oxygen from from phytoplankton,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, there's a small amount that is that is harmful. Uh, cyanobacteria is a photosynthetic bacteria, so it kind of is on the um, cusp between ba- <laughs> bacteria and phytoplankton. It's I'm not a biologist for those kind of reasons, um, but I'm impressed. <laughs> But these, uh, cyanobacterias, there's, there's some marine species, there's freshwater species, uh, there's, there's just a number, but a very small amount are, are harmful. One of those is called microcystis. And that's, that's one of the species that was found in this cyanobacteria bloom that was in the Clusahatchee River. And it releases a toxin called microcystin. Uh, Which can cause fish kills. Which I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the massive fish kills that they've had um, in these freshwater bodies from this from this toxin. Um, So not only does do these algae blooms cover the ground, cover the surface of the water, uh, preventing photosynthesis to occur from anything underneath, um, but also releasing that toxin, killing those fish, which Mm -hmm. then decrease the amount of oxygen available. It's just like this domino effect of negative negative things and and the crazy thing is you know a lot of people are calling nutrients like pollutants or toxins and they're not they're Mm -hmm. they're nutrients that are essential for life but always too much of a good thing It, it has its consequences just like candy
1: right yeah I quit eating candy like two months. I have a real candy problem. Me too. myself. Me too. I have a real, real candy issue. So I quit. So I'm doing my part on having less sugar. Right. To for, for <laughs> you're doing your part. Of- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but this stuff is like so complicated and nuanced is, and that it is hard to get people's attention because then you have you know all of these dead fish show and you have like this and apocalyptic the, scene and yes. then people are like oh wait a second there's a problem and yep. there there was a problem before that but there, there
0: was yeah and now these people are living in canals have all this fish so they're paying flood insurance and high expense for living on water and now they have these dead fish and potential aerosolized toxins it's a it's a mess but um the big thing, like the reason why I started talking about sugar, is because um, it's estimated that that, and I don't know what the the water quality their their nutrient load would look like, but um, as far as for per volume, they only contribute two to five percent of that overflow volume. Um, the rest comes from the north, uh, which is like Orlando and the whatever else is up there. Um, so, so that's interesting that people are targeting sugar um for that now do i think that you know there needs to be stricter regulations on agriculture yes i think that they should adhere to the same uh kind of detention uh 100 year storm 50 year storm event that that other locations have to um they are pervious surface so your water is going to run off a lot slower but right now they have a choice whether to implement these best management practices or to monitor the amount of nutrients that are going into um, this water body, uh, into Lake Ocotra. We are run off from their, their, to make sure that they're meeting that requirement. So if they put in these BMPs. They just assume that they're meeting that requirement. I know that they did some monitoring in the beginning, but I'm not sure that they're keeping up with those, the maintenance, the monitoring. So if I were to suggest some improvements for agriculture, that's where I would start. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know all the details about their monitoring. Um, However, from what I understand, um, I see some room for improvement there. Mm -hmm. But I see more room for improvement in our urbanization, how we're handling water um, on a watershed level.
1: Yeah, I mean... I can see why a place like Orlando. I mean, there's a, a lot there's of concrete. A, yeah, a lot of concrete. Right. Um, and I mean, it's a majestic place, but uh, a lot of concrete, a lot um, of lines, I, a lot <laughs> of lines. Uh, but that's that. That's I mean, as people are becoming, um, you know, a little, or are trying to care more about the environment too. That's the other important point. Is that there's a lot of people just jumping on some not. Terribly well-informed uh, information out there, poorly informed information. I'm not sure that made a whole lot of sense, but whatever. But the the, the point the close then. enough. <laughs> the The point is, is that uh, you, you know people will be you'll hear a lot of. Agriculture also gets targeted in strange ways. There's all sorts of problems, like, like pesticides, bees, isn't it? like, that could be, like, this huge issue. That's another thing. But there, but there's, but then there's, like, genetically modified stuff where it's just like, well, what do you mean genetic, like, that's not a thing. That's not, like, uh, everything's genetically modified. But you hear people having, like, these fears and, like, attaching to these, like, oh my God, it must be this. Genetically modified stuff that's killing every, and it is, and and I mean, like I'm I'm talking out of my uh, my ass bit too right now because I mean I it's well not yeah like, it's such a it's broad term it's so hard term. to be uh, so uh, uh, informed yes, about every little yes aspect and in life
0: yeah and genetically modified it's such an umbrella term just right. like cyanobacteria so it's like some things you know if we didn't genetically modify we wouldn't be able to feed the world you know we have these increasing populations when but you
1: have a kid you've genetically modified right, yeah, yeah, an, an yeah, it's organism. Very true. today's rest from attention fatigue is brought to you by the quip electric toothbrush go to getquip.com to find out all about the quip electric toothbrush it has changed my life you know why i don't need to think about it anymore you go to the store they're going to try to sell you a million different toothpastes most of oh whitening i want whiter teeth and then it has abrasives in it that can be harmful to your teeth and chemicals that don't work you want to go to your dentist every six months is what you want to do and you want to keep your mouth healthy using a quip electric toothbrush which monitors the amount of time that you're using it. It gives you feedback so you know when those two minutes that you're supposed to brush are up and you're brushing for that length of time and not longer. It's gentle on your gums. Some electric toothbrushes are too aggressive, too abrasive, and it also delivers, refills, to your door. That's the number one thing. No more thinking about it. I'm not marking my calendar. I'm not worrying about adding it to the grocery list and squeezing every last little bit of toothpaste out like a toothpaste junkie because I can't, I need one more I hit of toothpaste because I keep on forgetting to get it at the store and, and not knowing the right brush to get and when and all that is over. It's delivered to your door every three months without you having to think about it. Any more. No more toothbrush decisions for the rest of your life. A little tongue scrubber. That's a new habit you can build. And I've been flossing more. They don't even have, haven't even mentioned flossing. This isn't part of the sales pitch, but I started flossing more because I'm like, well, I'm already taking better care of my teeth. Let's go all the way with it and build more of those good habits. This is the snowball effect of positive habits that can start happening in your life, starting with something as small as getting yourself a proper toothbrush, a quip electric toothbrush. And, uh, you know, you can do all the research yourself. This is why it's been backed by 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash here we are right now, you get your first refill pack for free. With a Quip electric toothbrush, get your first refill pack at getquip.com/slash. Here we are.
0: But yeah, there was something I was going to say. Oh yeah, when it comes to pesticides, I did do a couple studies with USGS looking mm. at pesticides and how they affect monarch reproduction. Um, we're also, I'm actually working on a filter media to remove pesticides from surface water because traditionally everybody's been worried about the nutrients because of the cyanobacteria blooms. Mm -hmm. So, um, I wanted to remove the endocrine disruptors, the things that might cause reproductive issues in fish, coral reefs, um, so, uh, I just and okay, a,
1: uh, so these are uh, this is like getting into the nerve system or something the,
0: right. The so, so it's crazy because right. if you if you really look at endocrine disruptors, if you go to a store and look at anything you buy, like lotion, face wash, look for something called parabens, methylparaben, butylparaben, um, et cetera, the the word paraben at the end. Mm-hmm. you realize that they're all over the place.
1: This is going to be an episode people are going to have to listen to twice. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Notes. This is kind of no, how my is,
0: brain works, though. No, like, no,
1: this is in a good way. But I meant that in a good way. Yeah,
0: and the thing is, all these parabens do is extend the shelf life of the product. So it saves them money while causing potential harm to to the general public. Like, it's crazy to me that, that that's okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but the thing is, like, once they- Well, I don't want thing. my
1: shampoo to expire on me, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> was that was yes. that an issue that that solved? Anyway, yeah, I get distracted. Probably,
0: yeah, you're right. I mean, there, <laughs> like, was that
1: a big I, problem? Yeah, that... You buy
0: organic stuff and it goes bad so fast. I mean, it's I all this balance, know. you know. um But
1: I don't think shampoo was going bad before that. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. Any they, they don't like really use too many like...
0: parabens in shampoo oh, okay. either. It's like sulfates is the issue there. I Again, just...
1: don't know. I don't have a clue yeah, what I'm I talking know. about.
0: Yeah, I know a little bit about it. But back to that. Yes, so pesticides are also a problem. The reason why people aren't talking about pesticides right now is because pesticides would kill. Um, if pesticides, herbicides would would, and the most common down there is atrazine. Um, it's an herbicide, and it would more likely kill the um, the algae bloom instead of mm-hmm. actually feed it. So that's why people are really focusing on. I don't know if they know that, but <laughs> but I I, that's my that's my assumption of why people are really focusing on the fertilizer instead of the insecticides however people keep on saying pollution and toxins when um yes pesticides herbicides are toxins but they're actually killing the bloom and the nutrients are anyway that's just kind of a personal pet peeve.
1: well this is an interesting um time in human history, or maybe every human always yeah. thought that in every period of time. Maybe they were all interesting. Maybe all of time has been interesting. But what's different is, is that there, uh, traditionally these big, um, kind of evolutionary changes and these, um, equilibriums that, uh, that, uh, happen are, some new species is introduced or something like that and it takes off and it and it kind of changes everything really uh, rapidly but then it's uh but then things kind of stay the same for a very very long time uh which brings in, in us most to a red cases, tide actually which uh, but but now there's now you're talking about like uh, now, now rather than like this predator and prey kind of situation we have uh like uh, fertilizer versus insecticide, and it's these I- this interesting balance of of the these kind of this this man made kind of um, evolution that's happening, and it's just so much faster and and so uh, I mean it seems
0: and too fast for r- for research to even
1: yeah it seems like the stakes are uh, too right. high they are whereas they are. traditionally. Evolution happens pretty slowly. I mean, even within a punctuated equilibrium there's where there is rapid change, like rapid change looks like a thousand years Mm -hmm. or something like that, where where now we're talking about a couple years, something dramatic, maybe even less time, something very dramatic can change in the ecosystem.
0: Yep. And it's so crazy to think about how old the universe is and how, I don't know, how we're impacting earth so quickly in the past Mm -hmm. 20 years you know compared to but yeah so 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 algae blooms right so red tide
1: accidentally uh, yes you
0: did so you were talking about how how sometimes um you know these ecosystems they they work and a new species is introduced but Mm -hmm. red tide uh the species is called crania brevis and when they are in large numbers, uh, greater than 10,000 cells per liter, it's considered a bloom. Uh, they start offshore at the ocean bottom. Uh, that's the only scientific evidence at this point, at least. Um, and with currents and upwelling, that bloom is brought to the surface. With currents and winds, the, the blooms can come closer to shore. Um the reason why uh, can I ask yeah. you
1: what is algae do like what is the what is life its purpose? of of algae? I mean what what is its life cycle and what is it why is it going from uh, so it's originating in the bottom of the shore. why does algae end up rising to to the the surface, the surface. yeah
0: Okay so yeah I mean I don't know where to start. Okay, so the reason why it goes to the surface is from upwelling. So th- those are currents uh, that take water from the bottom, bring it to the top due to temperature differentials.
1: Oh, so it's not like the algae is not—it's not a part of like the reproduction or something like that. This is just a byproduct of uh, this
0: is. Well, they've been around forever. I mean, there are reports of of red tide blooms mm-hmm. since before you know, that, anecdotally since the fifteen hundreds. I'm um, talking about dead fish in red waters. Um, so they've been around since, you know, they right. would be here if humans were here or not.
1: Right, right, right. I'm just saying, like, the tide just washes the algae from the bottom to the top. Am I understand? I'm just trying to picture it. Yeah,
0: okay. What's so when you head. have temperature differentials in water, you have density differences. So some of uh, the. Um, the water tends to rise and fall, and that's called upwelling. When okay. that bottom water is taken to the top, this can also happen in a hurricane event, which I don't know if we'll get to because it's all um, hypothetical at this point. We're, tr- we're that's what that hurricane simulation in my in my office was for.
1: Yeah, but I well, saw that. That was uh, my my first hurricane simulator that yeah. I've seen. I've been in a lot of labs. Oh, you have to my, go to my first one,
0: University of Miami. I'm. They I'm, have I'm heading there. one. S- oh, wow. you got to see I
1: should, it. I should uh, try to reach out to them.
0: Yeah. So I took my interns there before I had them build our mini one. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, so naturally occurring phenomena. However, if an existing bloom is close enough to shore. To feed on surface water nutrients and outcompete other species for that nutrients, um, it may sustain a bloom or even exacerbate. Um, so at to what point, we just don't know at this point. I, we know that Karenia can utilize like 12 different forms of nutrients. So it doesn't need that readily available surface water runoff nutrients. However, it can use it. Um, so that's where the controversy comes in. So we had these Lake Okeechobee overflows, causes cyanobacteria bloom. And so we know that there are high amounts of nutrients in this water because we see the ecological response of this cyanobacteria bloom, the, the blue-green algae. Um, it, you know, that water then, then goes out to, into the mouth of the Hatchie, where an existing red tide bloom was. So a lot of people didn't realize that that red tide bloom has been existing since October 2017. Mm-hmm. This is not unprecedented, however unique, that this bloom has lasted this long. And in my, in my opinion, and something that I'm working to prove is that, um, the typical red tide bloom season, which used to be late summer till winter, um, with climate change, I believe it may be shifting. Um, and that was actually brought to my attention by a volunteer who was doing some analysis on, uh, on records from NOAA, which was really interesting. Um, and then I went and did some research, found out. The temperature, you know, and it turns out to, well, we can go into it another time. But the point being is that if this bloom season is shifting, it's shifting into rainy season. So if we are having those existing blooms, which on record one has happened pretty much every year since 1986, when NOAA started officially recording them. What's um, NOAA, by the way? NOAA. Oh, North uh, American Oceanic and and Atmospheric Mm -hmm. Administration um so uh and they they do a lot of the the ocean stuff mm-hmm. modeling and and whatnot i have a project with them right now um which i'll talk about later cool it's, a it's citizen a science, shout science out project that's right yeah Noah. noah's Noah's pretty awesome and it's actually a nasa funded project which is pretty cool nasa earth is good stuff um
1: okay what i'm gonna write this t- i don't want to forget to talk about this what was it what are we going to talk about in a little bit here um, we're not gonna get to everything today i know i, don't think. I know uh, i'm gonna write it down it's There's, fine no I, no keep I'm going very, this is great this is such a, a holistic wonderful conversation
0: approach at extending hum- humanity's existence on earth so.
1: awesome yeah i appreciate
0: that yeah yeah it's it's a lot though in a conversation but yeah so um so red tide that's where this big controversy comes in. So we have this dual state of emergency from red tide that that is suddenly intensified along the coast. Now, people are are saying, "Oh, Lake Okeechobee caused this red." Well, it didn't because we know that that red tide bloom has been around since October 2017. In addition, that bloom intensified all along the coast. So it wasn't just that that incident of of those overflows. It was the rainfall throughout Florida causing those surface water outputs to to the coast of Florida um, and feeding that existing bloom that existed between Sarasota and um, and Lee counties. So I mean, it's just this this. And if you look at the currents, it was pretty crazy because you look at the NOAA uh, currents. And you saw the currents going from the north to the south and the currents from the south to the north. And everything was meeting right at the mouth of the hmm. Um So coincidentally, um, those currents were pushing those existing blooms that have been there. All together in one location, you have that, that, those overflows feeding that, that existing bloom with that nutrients. You have just uh, devastation.
1: This is the premise of a very scary movie. It is, it is. <laughs> just... And then
0: you know when you put in the theory of uh, initiation of Saharan sands, and then look at the Bible and see that red tide is, you know, the whole Egyptian end of days thing. You start <laughs> to get a little superstitious. <laughs> uh,
1: what what kind of sea monsters should we be bracing ourselves? I know. For? I was or thinking, thinking about that. Up. I was
0: thinking more like um like demonic, you know? Oh overtaking. yeah, you think demons? I'm yeah. going Sea Monster. I know, I but I feel like
1: Sea Monster in my head. Is that too uh like you think? Is Godzilla, yeah, I was yeah. kind of like yeah, Godzilla yeah. sort of thing situation. Yeah, no, totally. Happening.
0: But how would Godzilla get from Egypt to the Gulf of Mexico? I mean, uh, this just yeah. happens in the Gulf of Mexico.
1: Boy, I haven't even worked out all the details right, yet. And then right. it's and then if it's screwing up its oxygen level with the right, algae right,
0: right, because we, we do to, have very low oxygen right now. In yeah, fact,
1: it's not the best environment for a Godzilla. <laughs>
0: Okay, I think we should change. We, should we
1: change. were almost too much fun. We almost we almost enjoyed yeah, we, ourselves yeah. too much. We yeah. should really reel it in here. Right, right. That's, that's what but I I wake up each day and i I look in the mirror and I'm like, "Shane, don't you have too much fun today?" That's yeah, what yeah, I tell myself. You got to yeah. keep an eye on it. Right. Um <laughs> Okay, so, have fun, so so yeah. So yeah, this so you have uh, all of these algae blooms coming in together in this end times right. scenario. Scenario and then where what you do we see, see next? I
0: mean, it has been devastating. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's so hard because we know this is
1: doing doing shows here. I mean, this. Is, oh my god! Everyone. I, I was completely oblivious. Like I said, right. don't watch it. I fly into town and and, uh, and then, like, everyone's just talking. Every single. Right. And everyone's got an opinion Everybody. and everyone.
0: Everybody. Um, and the thing is, like, you know, we see all these fish kills and, and then dolphin and sharks, mm-hmm. for the first time sharks, and, you know, like, sea turtles. I and mean, everybody loves sea turtles. Well,
1: but, uh, aren't there, like, blue whales or something like that? I have uh, not some, heard or, of... No, whale no. shark. You're thinking What's of whale the, shark? Oh, it's a whale shark, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um.
0: Like, yeah, in... But the crazy thing about red tide is that the toxin, when it's released, not only does it cause harm to aquatic life, but it can also aerosolize. So again, attach on to sea salt particles in the atmosphere and with winds move on shore, causing respiratory irritation mm-hmm. in healthy people. So coughing like an itch in the back of your throat um but i've
1: seen some people wearing masks around yep that's why
0: they're trying to filter out the the particles in the air and hopefully filter out the toxin um but for those with asthma or copd this can be very serious Mm -hmm. um so that's why our best defense up to this point because it is a naturally occurring phenomenon has been to alert the public of where these effects are so that they can make healthy decisions when going to the beach so we have a few products um when i first got here my first role was to reinvent the beach conditions reporting system, which alerts people of beach conditions. I, I wanted people to go there whether there was a bloom or not. So it has anything that you would want to know going to a beach, crowds, debris, weather, but also red tide effects of respiratory irritation and, and dead fish. We also have a smartphone app to fill in the blanks um, in between and empower the public put the reporting in their hands, uh, it's CSIC. It's, both of them are apps downloadable from Google Play or iTunes. Um, and this is helps get information out. And then, of course, we have our NASA-funded project that we're working on with NOAA and JICUs that we train citizen scientists to go out to the water, take a sample, put it underneath the micro, a cell phone microscope. Um, they open an app, and in the app, they upload a 30-second video with an algorithm that automatically calculates the concentration of red tide by its shape, size, and swimming pattern. Hmm. That information goes into a respiratory irritation model. So we have real-time respiratory irritation results. So something that used to take like a day to get the 16 samples uh, throughout Sarasota County now takes our volunteers five minutes. So it's it's pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, so that's really the emotional part for us is that seeing how people are affected, seeing all these animals come in. And, you know, a lot of scientists have hypothesized that that red tide serves a purpose. It resets the environment. But but to one, what point when we're potentially intensifying and, and causing these blooms to prolong duration. So it's um, it's really yeah, difficult I mean.
1: Asteroids are also natural, but I don't want one crashing right. down on, on right. all of us.
0: Right. And you'll you'll notice after the bloom starts to dissipate, the water is is beautiful and clear and and that's when, you know, we get that break and see life come back as it should because red tide doesn't kill everything you know it shifts the phytoplankton community but it doesn't wipe it out um so there's there's a lot of theories as to why these happen and if we did have the ability to to prevent them from happening should we
1: if that would create other unforeseen problems that'd be just turtles everywhere jumping out and attacking people turtles on top of turtles turtles all the way down and up
0: yeah you're right maybe we'd have (laughs) Well, in all those turtle turtle patrol, they would probably need something else to do Saturday morning. So I can probably find something for them. Um, But. But yeah, so And I was going to say something else And I don't remember what it was Was it the
1: Ninja Turtle reference that threw you? No, I think you so I okay. started thinking about turtles with bandanas
0: again. And I was just like, you know what?
1: <sighs> too much darn fun It's kind again. of fun to no, think so, about so, so you're talking about how If you could like, magically right. Wave your magic oh, right. wand You get rid of right. these blooms
0: Should you? Because there might be a dominant effect right. of adverse Makes sense But And the, the crazy thing is People are like Why don't you have all the, all the answers To all the questions? Because we've been doing research on, on red tide, we are like the the leader in red tide research. They've been doing it since since the sixties. I mean, R- Dr. Richard Pierce here he was the one that find out found out how that toxin was aerosolized um, back in nineteen seventy four or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, so so they're wondering why, and and here's the reason: because we're studying a microscopic organism in a huge body of water that acts completely different in a laboratory than it does in the natural environment, and it's very hard to get every aspect of that life cycle when we're we're you know um, limited by funding. So right now our our monitoring is like we go out on a boat, take samples, uh, once every six weeks. So we're missing so much of a potential life cycle by mm-hmm. doing that, you know? Um, so that's,
1: well, one thing, this is as good a time as any. That's, uh, let's, uh, plug what can people do, especially, uh, I imagine there's going to be, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been telling people on shows each week that I was coming in to, do a podcast here and people seemed excited to hear about it and so probably have some listeners here in sarasota and then and then nationally of course too and these are uh sorts of things that anyone should care about no matter where they live if if people uh so you guys need resources to do a better job to prevent this godzilla We don't want Godzilla. Uh, Sort of. (laughs) We don't want Godzilla. No, we don't want Godzilla. So uh, where can people send money to prevent Godzilla?
0: Um, (laughs) Moat.org and and focus on the red, (laughs) to the red side research. Um, Also, you know, I Oh, so
1: you can go, you go into the Moat and there's like a specific thing for... Let's forget I even mentioned yeah, that I think because we I, don't you, know. Yeah, we, you can we, just contact
0: Moat and then they will Moat, yeah, yeah, the communications figure. department and they'll they'll lead you into their the, the, yeah. the gifts direction. You're the researcher, yes. not the person. No, who, I'm not, I am not and um, yeah. So it, as far as mitigation techniques, I should probably talk about what we're working on. Yeah. So we are working on ways to alleviate the effects of red tide blooms. Um, not only are we looking at wh- what their predators are and what their parasites might be, like the kryptonite for crania brevis, but we're also looking at um, things like advanced water treatment, ozonation, and canal ways where people don't have the the choice to leave. You know, because they live there, um, unlike the beach where you can just walk off. Um, And we're also looking at uh, using biological um, means to filter the water. So we know that that filter feeders like oysters, clams, mussels, etc., have been accumulating that toxin because we know that you can't eat them for a certain amount of time after a red tide bloom so if they're accumulating them they're taking the toxin out of the water so my idea was to use these structures put them out in the water and allow um them to be colonized allow things to attach onto them and filter out the water promote um this this life of potential carinia filter feeding uh habitat however um in and, and I think that they would work great for low, medium, and in the beginning of high concentrations. Um, but when we start to get to over 30 million cells per liter, um, not even the filter feeders can survive through that, which is why we have to go to something like like advanced water treatment, ozonation. Of course, we're not putting ozone into the water body. Um, we're taking water out of the canal, putting it through two contact chambers and back into the ocean so, so no organisms are exposed to the, toxin, the toxic ozone. Hmm. And this is a common practice that's done in water treatment plants. Hmm. Um, it basically kills everything, including the toxin. It dissociates the toxin and kills the cell. Hmm. Um, but, but everything else. So you can't just put ozone in the canal.
1: That seems like uh, a large operation to pull that it up is. To filter all of that water. It
0: to... is. So we're not putting this in the Gulf of Mexico. It would never work. But in right. these small canal ways. Right. Um, so th- Yeah, they did it in Boca Grande. They tested it in Boca Grande a couple weeks ago, mm. and apparently the results were pretty good. The problem is that it's expensive to run, and you get tidal waters that continuously come back in. So it might alleviate some of those effects of the brevitoxin, and in the long-term neurological effects of, of brevitoxin, we don't know. Haven't, it hasn't been studied long, so we just say that you know at, at this point, we don't know of any um but but now for the people um not to completely shift but back to that side I you know? love a good shift
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm a, that's how my brain works Yeah
0: like I speaking of canal ways when I went over to the Kusa Hachi and broke into somebody's backyard and By the way, I got some applause. I didn't realize anybody was home. I went to like one of the houses that weren't home, and I gave my—I was giving my speech about what we need to do to limit the amount of nutrients that go to our water bodies. And I just hear some clapping at the end. I was like, "What the heck?" And it was a—it was one of the guys that lived there. And um, the—the crazy thing—the reason why I'm saying this is because I'm really. concerned uh they've found the health effects of of microcystin toxin from those cyano uh that harmful cyano strand um to to cause parkinson's and als <laughs> have you heard that i mean it was someone out of miami that mm, did that wow. research um and the crazy thing is i went down to the calusa hatchie and i was experiencing respiratory irritation i did i took some samples looked for karenia didn't find any crania, so I assumed that it was an offshore bloom that was blooming that was uh, the winds were onshore and I must have just been experiencing the respiratory irritation of a red tide bloom offshore well I went inland and more inland um, to these canal ways and it got worse and um, so I'm still I'm still in disbelief that that this toxin can possibly aerosolize from this freshwater bloom mm. um, and I did take samples home and I still open it up experience. So I'm a little concerned about that. I'm not an expert in that whatsoever. There are papers about the microcystin aerosols. Um, I don't know what their travel distance is. I know it's substantially lower than that of bravitoxin from Red Tide. Um, but I am concerned uh, for public health in mm. those people in the canals. And, and this is something that we actually have control of preventing. Um, and that's that's the really important part is that we can prevent that from happening.
1: Um sorry, why were you for breaking Siana. into people's backyards again? Oh, <laughs> Did because, I
0: miss Because that part? all the canal ways people lived on, uh-huh. there was no like public area for these small canals. And I, I and when I went out to the to the yacht club, I, even though under a microscope I saw some some <laughs> organisms that looked like microcystis. I'm just
1: imagining you like jumping a fence or something Yeah, like it was
0: that. I really expected to get in trouble when I saw yeah. the guy, but he was clapping, so yeah. Uh,
1: okay. win right yeah i guess uh hey honey there's a there's a lovely young woman
0: who <laughs> <Yeah. was laughs> in our backyard taking over. samples. <laughs> 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 but at this point they've been i mean it's been a month now that they've been dealing with this i think that they like any help that that even appears to be possible help they're open to because huh. it's just been such um such an adverse impact to their to their everyday lives
1: hmm. what eats the algae uh what what eats the algae
0: that's a good question so as far as red tide goes um we have i know our phytoplankton ecology group has determined um a couple of of things that do that could potentially feed on Karenia. Um, he's in the process of confirming that, mm. um, but but as of right now, I mean, it's it's more uh, chemical, physical mm-hmm. than it is biological. Um, I, I, I mean, it is about the phytoplankton community um, and, and allowing that. But as far as predation, that's what he's he's looking into to see what kind of what kind of natural organism can we kind of you know boost to try right. to alleviate and and what kind of effects that would have if we did that um now with cyanobacteria i honestly don't know
1: see we need some sort of like what we need to do is create a monster like some sort of godzilla thing of our own using genetically modified genetically (laughs) modified monster that loves this stuff (laughs) that lives off of it and eats it Course, then those things will get out I of know. control. Ah, delicate. Balance well, and the
0: crazy thing is, like five times a day, at least, I get phone calls or emails about people's ideas to solve red tide. <laughs> solve red tide. Oh man, do you, every day, do you, every day. Do you, do you
1: record these?
0: No, but oh, I should because man. it's always the same. So, and in, in their oh. intentions are good, and they are correct. Bleach <laughs> will kill red tide.
1: Oh my! Goodness. It
0: will kill everything else too. So you can't just go and put bleach or oh, ozone or any other. Toxic chemical.
1: Oh, so helpful. I know <laughs> just a bunch of yeah. little helpers out there. It, it's I know, oh, and then even goodness. clay,
0: even clay. You think that clay is harmless, you uh-huh. know, um, and it does flocculate the bloom, but it also brings down everything else, and then and then causes harm to the base of the ecosystem, the benthic orna- organisms on the bottom. So yeah, so mm. it's it's like it's very difficult situation to uh, to try to attack. But I'm always down for a challenge, you know.
1: Well, now people are going to hear this and now there's going to be this rash of like people breaking into people's backyards with gallons of bleach attached to their back like, and trying to. They're uh, trying with like wearing a cape and <laughs> and of you need of a cape you need a cape yeah
0: no my superhero would never have a cape <laughs> by the way I mean it would get caught on things I mean yeah, it's, it's just not practical I don't really understand why it out. happened
1: I'm glad that you've spent at least as no much case. time thinking about well, what yeah. your superhero costume well, yeah would here's like. the thing
0: environmental engineers right. they make sure that people have clean water mm-hmm. clean air and enough food like you literally are a superhero. yes silent Captain superheroes Planet. I, well my actual name is inspector planet
1: on, on so the, uh,
0: it's like captain planet and inspector gadget combined innovation Twitter. yes and uh instagram
1: and on instagram and facebook inspector planet she's our hero dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but the idea Sing is like me. Me. Yeah.
0: no, <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> it's, it's like innovation and sustainability together.
1: You didn't even have to think about no, that. It just, was just I'm a sorry, no. it was just a
0: reaction. <laughs> I didn't even think first. That was not. Oh nice. man! Well, it's not the first
1: time I've been rejected. <laughs> <laughs> so um if if people, so people, they want to do good, right? They're calling in. They want to save yes. the day. Yeah. What I mean what can people And we do, do? appreciate
0: innovation. Um honestly <laughs> <We do> help <laughs> <laughs> help um re, you know uh, report on seasick CSIC um any kind of effects that you have but but that app doesn't just allow you to report red tide. It allows you to report uh, cyanobacteria blooms, odors from uh, potential wastewater overflows, for example, um, wildlife fatalities. That tells us a lot about, like, this is my dream. I want a mobile lab. Yeah. And I want to like go to these places where these environmental events happen because I want to know first before the media gets there and do some preliminary testing to find out what's really going on and the best way to, to attack the situation.
1: Well, this is absolutely one of the very exciting things about human progress. Not that there's not many. There's many, many interesting, wonderful things that humanity has done and continues to do. But um, uh the decentralization of information especially with the internet the the way that uh you know we we now don't have to get all of our information from the 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 king or the the town wizard or whatever it might be <laughs> e- everyone can be involved in in getting apps taking pictures making reports and all of this uh th- this is helping this is a way that helps you guys more than
0: absolutely
1: uh, more than you could do on a, on your own
0: yeah as i said we're limited by funding and and manpower so the more data we have the more the more results that and more analysis that we can perform
1: mm-hmm. um so we we got to start wrapping up i feel like i could talk to you all day this is wonderful conversation i I will, you absolutely have the opportunity to, um, to, uh, any closing words or any, any little, uh, wrap up any open loops that we may have left that I, that I'm not remembering. I think we did a pretty nice job. Um, but also want to make sure get all the plugs in for Moat and any, any projects that you have and reminder about the Instagram and Twitter and everything else that people can follow.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So my, Instagram and Twitter is Inspector Planet. Um, Come on, <laughs> <you are near laughs> uh, down to zero. Yeah, zero, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Uh, gotcha. All right. Um,
0: yeah. So that, um, of course, Mode. If you're in in Sarasota, please stop by. Um, support our research, it, even if it's just a Facebook like um that's helpful um we need all the support we can we are nonprofit scientists so every the reason why i love working here is because every single person here we're not here for the money you know if if you're a remote scientist you're here because you really want to make a difference in the world and that's that's what i think is amazing about this place is that there's so many people that just really want to do good um but also, uh, you could see me on uh, season five of uh, Awesome Planet with Philippe Cousteau, and um, and yeah, and animal outtakes on ABC.
1: That's awesome. Well, thank you, Inspector Planet, for joining us. Um, and uh, Tracy, if if people um, want to find you, uh, is it at Inspector Planet?
0: Yes, at Inspector Planet. Okay. No spaces.
1: I don't do the Instagram yeah. thing, oh, so I don't should. know how it works. It's, fun.
0: it's pretty. I don't, Instagram, I'm not pretty a picture awesome. taker. Yeah, and I didn't think I was either, and then I realized that it's.
1: What do I do? How do I it. do it? What are you Instagramming? What what? Like, I go to your Instagram. What, yeah. do, I, what do I find? What do you how – does, how does Instagram – should I just look it up right So
0: now? the cool thing about Instagram is that, I mean, it, me it has it. a Snapchat. Convert me. Um, yes, I will convert you because it, it has, like, a Snapchat tool, like, where you can do an Instagram story. So you can take little videos. And um, for me, you know, I have Red Tide Research on there and my trip to, um, to the Subaru Telescope. In, in Hawaii, on there, and um, and just different. Uh, my internship, uh, I had like twelve interns this past summer. So so our experiences and our projects that we that we tried to tackle. Um, so it's I really like the story aspect. Um, A
1: lot of different hats being modeled too. If you guys are deciding what you, kind of hats you right <laughs> right,
0: I am big on snapbacks. I am.
1: Yeah, got, there's a helmet situation that happened. That's a
0: helmet situation. Right. That was the, that was a Subaru telescope. Yeah. Those are the, the okay. nostril, the oxygen isn't very attractive, but you know.
1: All right. And, and you don't, you don't, uh, Instagram hasn't, this is what I'm worried about. I, I have a, I have poor self control issues. I'm worried I'll get on the Instagram, I'll start taking some pictures and I'm just going to be a slave to the to the Instagram. I'm going to be snapping around all, all day. I'm going to everything you know, else in my life's going to fall apart. You know why? It's,
0: it's so much better than Twitter. You have to keep on keep on posting stuff. You know, it's constant. Mm-hmm. Um, with Instagram, you could post once a week and oh, it's fine. All right. Yeah, all right. like I'm that's why I like it cuz I don't have that kind of time. Oh. To like be and I I was great with Twitter while MythBusters I was on the show MythBusters to search and while that was on I was I was big on Twitter and really following up with it um but it's it's hard to keep up with um whenever someone tags me or anything you know of course I write back but to be constantly on there it's kind of tough when you're doing both research and outreach and and everything else like I'm doing like Instagram's easy awesome yeah.
1: Well, did i convince you
0: i maybe
1: i've been going back and forth i've been talking with friends about deciding you I don't, don't have
0: know, a character limit of, either
1: i'm i'm phasing out of both facebook and twitter
0: okay so you're phasing out of social media in general in general yeah that's and probably it's, a good I idea felt healthier right since right that and screens time. yeah yep. Trying yep. to
1: keep away from them, um, yeah. I just feel better. I try
0: to do the same thing with candy, but, but I have like a. Oh, uh, it's
1: been good. My energy levels and blah 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 or whatever. I mean, it's it, it might just be a placebo effect. I don't know, but I just feel I've been doing less sugar lately. been taking care of myself. It's been yeah. summertime. It's been yeah. good. Yeah, me too. Um, I
0: have a giant bag of Jelly Bellies though in my in oh right here.
1: man right and here. My- I love Jelly Bellies. I love Jelly Bellies. What do you- and I like those
0: gummy frogs. Those are my favorite. Gummy frogs. I'm yeah, they're like have the that Haribo. They have the marshmallow, and then the,
1: you know. Mm, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, I know I just, some people understand. I just lost I'm a little just, bit of respect for you. Right, just I'm, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm I'm going to stand by my decision. Back with some jelly bellies. Right. It's going to take natural. <laughs> uh it, yeah supernatural that when we weren't recording for so there's just not a bizarre reference right i asked a tv show that tracy is watching for sound check supernatural everybody check it out um right. <laughs> it's <laughs>
0: embarrassing <laughs>
1: i have i don't know what what is it like superpower stuff
0: it's like two brothers taking you know saving the world kind of like i do except they're saving it from demons and i'm saving it from ourselves
1: oh okay
0: well yeah. fair enough same thing
1: uh, it's like the well, story uh, in my life <laughs> well, well, well thanks tracy for saving <laughs> the kidding. world <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i no, i i i do believe that you are saving the world more than those two dudes chasing after demons because you're actually affecting some change. So I appreciate what you do. I'm sure the listener does as well. They're going to go and check out Moat. They're going to donate. They're going to get involved. And thank you listeners for being such a wonderful, curious, fantastic people, uh, you can always go to shanemoss.com to find out stand-up shows that I have coming up soon and uh, various TV projects coming out soon. And um, also go to patreon.com slash shanemoss where I started putting some new content up again recently. Uh, so that's something. A uh, special thanks to um, it's i i'm going back and forth of the patreon you just heard me discuss the social media i i can't i don't know it's a tricky thing what to put time into but i'm back trying in the patreon again so you can check it out if you want to and then also um uh, make sure and rate the podcast if you if you enjoyed it if you haven't had a chance to rate it on itunes or stitcher or whatever you're listening that really helps me out uh, and it helps uh, bump it up. So then they, uh, they promote, uh, then iTunes helps promote it because it has a higher rating and it's a cyclical effect of growing and understanding and learning and changing the world together. So I appreciate all of you, those of you that listen all the way to the end, you are, of course, my favorites.